The following is a Thunderbolt West Media Production. With the world going mad all around us, what can we do? You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as surviving in these troubled times, creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I do my best to be a resource as you prepare to protect your family. In this show, I also talk about a wide variety of topics, everything from government corruption to chemtrails. I also feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving, so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studio, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations, WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, on 7490, WTWW, Lebanon, Tennessee, on 5085, and on WRMI, Radio Miami International, Okeechobee, Florida, on 5850. And this show airs on 89.3 FM, Key Radio, in Osage Beach, Missouri. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Podpoint, Red Circle, Spreaker, Podbean, and Podomatic. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, and I invite you to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Well, I've been very busy trying to finish my hay harvest. And yes, I know it's in October. I know it's getting late. But I still have hay down. And one of the reasons I still have hay down is the fact that the fields, which are pastures, that I'm doing are so rough I can't go very fast. And even though I'm just creeping along, just barely moving at times, I'm still tearing machines up because the ground is just that rough. And it doesn't look that rough. It really doesn't. Anything that I notice is going to be way too rough, I just avoid. And so I'm trying to pamper my equipment, but I was going to bale some hay today and 
when I shut the baler off last night at about midnight or one o'clock in the morning, I went to start this evening to bale, and I turned on the power takeoff on the tractor and crunch! My baler has a major problem that seemed to have happened as I shut it off last night, and now I have a rebuild job. I have to do quite a bit of work on it because it came apart on the inside, and uh, not good, but I can handle it. I just have to look at it as part of the process. But anyway, today I've been raking hay in very high wind. And anyone that knows anything about a side delivery rake knows that they can kick up a lot of dirt. And I was in a lot of sandy dirt today. And every time I was with the wind, I was just in a cloud of dirt and dust. And I've just been pelted with all sorts of straw and, and old dead grass. Because the field I did today has not been cut for over 20 years. And that's another one of my problems, is the fact that I've got so much old, dead undergrowth I have to deal with. But anyway, if I sound a little stuffy tonight, it's because I very much am. I've been sneezing and trying to get all this junk out of my sinuses. And people would say, well, wear a dust mask. Well, I would, but after this COVID thing, I'll never wear a mask again. I'm just sick of the whole thing. And just the thought of me putting on a mask for any reason at this point, I won't do it. I've received an awful lot of emails and letters in the mail, and I want to address James. Thank you so much for the beautiful postcard. It had hawks on it, but I never got to see the postcard. I don't know what happened, but the post office sent what was left of what you sent me inside a little post office little envelope that apologized for damaging my postcard that was sent to me by James. And the whole top half of the postcard is gone. And so I just got the last two or three sentences of what you wrote. And you did suggest that I give times when my show is on. And I think that's a great suggestion. And I will do that after I finish thanking you for sending that postcard. Unfortunately, it was damaged. But I did at least get the one suggestion. And so if you'd like to write me again, I'd really appreciate it. And thanks for the red tail hawks. I wish I could have seen them, but at least the post office was conscientious enough to deliver what they had. I do appreciate that. So I want to address the show times. I'm on Mondays and Tuesdays, and both my Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show, and my music show, Harmony to Barn Sessions. They're on Mondays and Tuesdays, and they're in the evenings on WRMI. And also on Tuesday, the Living Off-Grid Show is on WBCQ Tuesday evening. And the Harmony Barn Sessions is on Friday evening. And I'm on WTWW five nights a week. Three of the shows are my Living Off-Grid Power and Information show, and two of the shows are my music show that's on WTWW. Now, as far as show times, they get changed, and I have no say in when they go on. And so, generally speaking, 7 o'clock Central Time is when you should tune in to WTWW, 
WBCQ, and WRMI. And I do know I've been moved several times, so it's very hard for me to give a accurate time. But if you start listening at 7 o'clock Central, which is 8 o'clock Eastern Time, chances are very good you're going to catch my show on one of those three stations. I do know that I'm on Truth to Ponder on Wednesdays, and I listen to Truth to Ponder on WRMI at 10 o'clock Central Time. And I can't remember what frequency that Truth to Ponder is on, but 7490-5085 and 5850. But just remember, Mondays and Tuesdays are the days that are going to be running my current show. And then on WTWW on 5085, I'm going to run one current show per week plus two reruns. So if you want to find me, that's how to find me, just in the evenings on those three stations. I wish I could be more specific, but I know that if I gave you an exact time, then I'll get bumped somehow an hour either way. So that's the best I can do for right now. Well, my topic today is going to be kind of dark, but I do think that we have so many things happening in the world right now that it's just chaos. And as I record this, things are starting to really heat up in the Middle East. And don't let that fool you. This is all part of the Russian-Ukraine conflict. It's just escalation there in a different theater. And as we are watching things, it's very easy to lose focus on what we really need to be focusing on. And so that's kind of where I want to take this show today is focusing on you. And one more thing on the letters. I really do appreciate those who are sending me the letters and emails that are complimenting the show. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. But we have to really understand that the world is going to do what the world is going to do. And we need to be prepping, not so much with food and water and medicine and other things that we are going to need, but I think we need to start doing some spiritual prepping and some mental prepping. And I want to start with the mental prepping. Isn't all of this mess the world has been in since Basically, since the election was stolen, you might even go back to the presidency of George Bush I or Bill Clinton, definitely Obama. But aren't you sick of this mess? I am. I'm sick of the chemtrails. I'm sick of the wars. I'm sick of the game. Everything they're doing. And you have all of these talking heads all over the radio and all over television, and they're talking politics as if everything's normal. And they're talking 2024 election and primaries. and These people don't get it, do they? Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be an election, but 2020 really taught me a lesson. We have an awful lot of rigged politics worldwide. And we have a lot of third-rate banana republics. And the United States is now one of them, as is Canada. 
and to act like that the ballot box is going to change things is, in my opinion, foolish. But we have all these talking heads that skirt around the real issues. And the real issues are we the people, you and me, the common person. We're nothing but cannon fodder. We're nothing but collateral damage. Nobody seems to care about us. We're all just numbers on a graph or a statistic. And it's one political party or the other who tries to control we the people by propaganda and lies and coercion and bully tactics. It seems that we have a massive amount of people worldwide that are incapable of fending for themselves. They're so used to having everything handed to them. And so there has to be a better way. There has to be a happy medium there somewhere to where the people who are working are happy with their wage and the people who are paying the wage can still be prosperous. There's got to be some middle ground, but nobody looks out for the little guy. And I'm talking about the small business owner. And they don't look out for the little guy as far as the worker either. It seems like, as I say, we're nothing but cannon fodder. But how do we prepare ourselves mentally for this? When you read a newspaper or listen to the news or watch the television, all we get are lies. And we're fed a whole bunch of people who are doing nothing but writing books and trying to make a profit off of books. And we have a whole lot of people that claim to be experts that are bought and paid for by the opposition that will go on and, I, as one of my letters I got, or one of my emails, the writer was talking about an expert that was put on, that was supposedly an expert on chemtrails, and did a symposium and took questions, and someone asked about chemtrails, and this person that claimed to be an expert on chemtrails, that was given the lecture, went on about, it was a conspiracy theory, and that it was very questionable of whether it was even happening, which is just ludicrous because you can go to all sorts of government documents with the Freedom of Information Act, and it's mentioned in a lot of the government papers and also in some hearings that has been done in Congress. And Bill Gates has admitted funding chemtrails and countries such as Spain They've admitted to spraying chemtrails. And so we have people that are calling themselves experts that are out there just muddying the waters. They're part of the system. The other morning after I got up and went out to do chores, I looked up and the sky was full of X's. And I took a video of it. And there were three X's right over the ranch. And I thought, wow, XXX right over the ranch. And then I looked a little bit farther and saw more X's as far as you could see. They were kind of spread out. I had to make a trip to a nearby town, and there were X's as far as you could see. And it would have been a beautiful blue sky day, but it ended up being very murky and had a white sky because of all these evil pilots that, that are being 
paid with blood money, as far as I'm concerned, for trying to ruin our lungs and ruin our health and ruin our groundwater and our surface water and our soil. They're killing our trees and our small animals. These people are evil. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on VeteranBrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to VeteranBrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there, and on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show, and I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at VeteranBrigades.com. And so we have that to look at every day is these chemtrails. We have the news that bombards us every day that the sky is falling and everything is going to disintegrate right before our eyes. And then we look at the facts and see that, yes, indeed, we have a lot of troubles. So what do you do to mentally prepare? Well, I think that we need to look inward. I'm going to use kind of a loose analogy here. I hope it works. If you're a big football fan and your team that you're just rooting for, that you just love them to win, if they lose, then a lot of times your whole day is just shot. You just feel horrible. What I do in situations when I'm rooting for someone to win, whether it be a football or anything else, I remember that I have a team. I have a team, and my team, even though it's generally me, but I have my cows and my cow dogs and my barn cats I take care of, and I have my haying operation, and I still have my music career that is still hanging on. And that's the real team. That's where my focus really needs to be. And if my sports team happens to take a drubbing and they lose, that doesn't mean I have to lose that day. I can go out and be productive and I can win. And we need to look at that as far as everything is concerned in the world. As the world seems to be collapsing and gets more crazy by the day, we could be doing something to better our lives, better our relationships. We could be doing things that are really worthwhile and that really do matter. Now, I know that all of this hatred and bloodshed that's going on on the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and that whole area, the Middle East, I pray for peace and I hope that things can get ironed out. But I can't do anything about that except pray, which is very important, by the way. But I can do something about me and what I am in charge of, whether it be my animals or the property I have or my machinery, my car, my pickups. It just 
everything that I have that's being neglected mentally because my head's over in Israel or my head's over in Ukraine or in Russia or wherever. And it seems that the powers that be that actually own the media are doing their best to keep us so stirred up that we don't live our lives and we don't get our things done the way we need to. Now, I mentioned that quite a bit during the show, but I really think that's what's happening. And so, as you're prepping, please prep mentally. Keep your priorities straight. Don't put too much emphasis on the big picture that you can do nothing about. Put your emphasis on your big picture, which may be nothing as far as the world is concerned, but is everything to you. And you have to have discernment to know which items that is, because everyone's situation is different. But I think that we need to turn inward instead of thinking globally and getting all caught up in the global conflicts, which I think are going to escalate out of control just any minute. But I think if we concentrate on what's happening worldwide, ultimately it's going to hurt us personally. And I'm talking financially or our productivity goes down. And everyone has to prepare different. But I do think you need to at least consider what I just said. And as far as preparing spiritually, well, get right with God. Understand that this world is temporary. It's fleeting. It's mismanaged. It's corrupt. It's rampant with demonic forces and Satan and his minions. And also, by the way, this world is full of people who are false. They bear false witness. They claim to be things they're not. So you have to use discernment because the lie is everywhere. And everyone seems to want to use the lie all the time. But you need to search your heart and question everything as far as take things to God in prayer and pray about things and consider things. And don't take a whole lot of things at face value right now. I know that it's more work to be skeptical and to verify things, but I think we live in a world right now where that's necessary, that we do that. But I think we need to have our prayer life in order I think we need to not just be lukewarm. And if you are lukewarm in your faith, it's time to really turn up the heat. And ultimately, you need to know where your strength comes from. And you need to build your faith. I think that's way more important than worrying about what's happening in Israel. Even though a world war, which I think has already started, it just hasn't been declared yet. Although that will deeply affect you, I think that if you have your spiritual life and your mental life in order, it'll affect you a whole lot less. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be getting on to more off-grid topics, but I wanted to start off the show by encouraging you that there are things you can do, and they're all personal things. You have to look inward and take care of you. You know, when I first started this show, it was going to be all about just 
making your own power and being self-sufficient, which I still do segments on that, but the world is in such a horrible shape, and I do feel led by God to tell you that there is hope and that there are solutions to a lot of problems that affect you. And so I'm really here to stand the gap. I'm not only a watchman on the wall, I'm here to encourage and I'm here to try to inform the best I can. And I'm not right all of the time, but I do think that the times that I fall short, I feel that most of the time I err on the side of caution, which I don't think that's too bad of a thing. I don't know what's going to happen with these wars. I don't know what's going to be rationed. I don't know what's going to be unavailable. But I do know that God has naturally provided us with everything we need. And so I'm going to be talking about that. I'm going to talk about power generators and a few other things in the second half of the show. And I do appreciate you listening. And I really would appreciate it if you would consider donating to this show. Because this show really needs your support to stay on the air. And I get donations of all sizes. And I appreciate all sizes of donations. And I take checks, money orders, or cash. And you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163. Hershey, Nebraska. Hershey, Nebraska. And the zip code is 69143. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners, give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. America, bullied by the Edison military band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination.
And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea. Welcome to the second half of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I really do appreciate you tuning in today. Well, I've been really trying to keep up with the world events. And the more I do that, the more I realize that the world is out of control. At least anything that I can do about it other than pray. And I'm not going to pick sides because I really don't have all the answers because I really don't have all the information. It seems like the news media wants us to pick one side over another and cause us to hate one side over another. And that's all political hogwash as far as I'm concerned. And sending the billions and billions of dollars over to kill people is not what I want my tax money spent on. I don't know about you, but It just makes me ill to think that we're squandering so much money. And just the fact that we're so far in debt and we're spending money that we don't have. What's up with that? You know, I really do think that's a sign that our society, as far as our government is concerned, is on its last hooks. Spending a whole lot of money they don't have. So when a country starts spending a whole bunch of money they don't have, well, to me that's like they have no future and that's an admission of that. That's kind of what I get out of that. But I wanted the second half of the show to go back to the roots of this show's origins as far as being a show about off-grid living. And that's where I really want to go back to and I don't want to just hang on all these world events all the time. I just want you to know that I'm keeping abreast of what's going on, but I'm going to live my life and do what I need to do and keep my priorities straight, and I suggest you do the same. Well, I have a very dear friend, Catherine, who wrote me a very nice email, and I'm really honored to have her as a friend because she's so talented in prepping. She doesn't really realize how talented she is, I don't think, but she can do about anything as far as food preservation, and she's a very hard worker. And she's an expert at getting survival food ready. In my opinion, she's an expert because she tells me what she's been doing as far as the hard work and canning and all the prepping she's doing. And she's asking some very nice questions, very intelligent questions, about 
different things she's never used before. And she asked about rose hips. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some of these things that I recommend that you forage. And as I've been harvesting hay out in the field, I'm noticing in the fence rows just thousands of rose hips. And I think that it's really something that God has put me in the position to be harvesting where I can get some other things harvested after I shut my tractors off. I can go do some personal harvesting of my own. And so I have access to an awful lot of things at this time of year. Well, rose hips are the remnants of a rose flower, and they're most prominent on wild roses. And wild roses are spindly and they're small, and they're kind of woody little things that are kind of like twigs. This time of year, they have these red berries on them. This time of the year, they have the red berries, which, like I say, are the remnants of the flower. And they have a membrane that's red, not very thick. I'll call that the fruit. And in the center, you have a group of seeds. Well, I don't have much use for the seeds other than to save them to plant them and start my own area of wild roses. But I'm sure there are some uses to the seeds that I just am not aware of. But the fleshy part, the fruit part, if you separate that from the seeds, you can chop it up finely or you can dry it and crush it and turn it into a powder. And there are several ways you can use rose hips. And rose hips are an excellent source of vitamin C, by the way. If you make it into a powder, you can sprinkle it on any of your food, or you can take it and put it in your favorite drink. It's very easy to take rose hips that way. Or you can take the fleshy part, chop it up a little bit, and then add some of that to your tea or coffee, and that will help make those drinks healthier. After you take the seeds out, if you just want to eat the fleshy part that's left, it doesn't taste the best, but if you want to do that, you can. Or you could chop it up finely and put it in the salad. And you can't taste it very much that way, but the nutritional value of your salad is going to go through the roof. And rose hips are very easy to keep, but you don't want to pack them into a jar unless they're totally 100% dry. And they're kind of hard to dry unless you have some way to dehydrate them. And once they're dehydrated, well, they're easy to store, but if you just pick them naturally and put them in a jar, most likely going to mold. And so the best way to store these, if you don't have any way to dry them out, is to store them on a napkin or a paper towel and don't let them touch each other. And then, I know it takes up quite a bit of space, but then you can just store them up in a cabinet somewhere or the top of a closet. Just make sure that they're in a place where it's going to be dry. And of course, you always want to watch out for mice and other rodents that kind of try to sneak in the house during winter. You want to protect it as much as you can. But your best bet is to put them through a dehydrator and really dry them out. Another thing she asked about were the juniper berries or the red cedar which are blueberries that have a seed in it this time of year. 
I found the most wonderful tree that has the most beautiful dark purple instead of the light blue. They're dark purple berries on this juniper tree. And I stopped and sampled them, and they were absolutely delicious. They're very strong. And the seeds can be a problem if you try to chew them up. Well, you're going to get the seeds stuck in your teeth, and the seeds aren't that pleasant. And they're not that easy to separate out. And so this is something that you're going to have to really want to do, and it's going to take you a little time. But what you really need to do is you need to separate the fleshy part, which is blue, from the seed. And I'm sure there are easy ways to do it, but I have not found an easy way that I really particularly like to do. So I use a fork, and I just take my time. And also, of course, I use a knife. So a knife and a fork, and then you use the fork, and you press down and take the knife, and you peel off the blue part from the seed, and then you throw the seed away, or you can plant the seed. I imagine you could put the seeds into a tea and use the seeds that way. Of course, you'd have to strain out the tea. You sure don't want to drink one of those seeds, that's for sure. But how you want to use this juniper berry is to soothe your throat if you have a sore throat. And also it works as a breath freshener. It's very strong. And so if you don't like the taste, well, you can't use but maybe one or two of the little berries. But believe me, one or two have an awful lot of power. But if you're having a sore throat, you go ahead and put those in between your cheek and gum, and you keep it there for an, oh, a half hour to an hour, and your throat will feel better. You're going to get some vitamin C. You're going to get some nutrients out of this as well. But where this product really shines, and you have to develop a taste for it, but I use it as a spice. Sometimes I put the whole berry, seed and all, into my mortar and I crush everything, seeds and all, into a powder. And it does taste a bit woody because of the seed. But the flavor is still there, and it's easier to do than separating it from the seed. But I do prefer to take the seed out, and then you dehydrate the fleshy part and use it as a substitute for pepper. It really works well, and it gives your food a very fresh, new flavor, something that you have never experienced before. A lot of people, the first time they try it, they'll say, ooh, what is this? They're not expecting it, because it is very strong. But once you get a taste for it, and you have food that does not have this added to it as a spice, well, you wish you had some on the table that you could sprinkle on, because it is very good and it's good for you. And I use it when I brew tea, and it does give the tea a definite cedar-type flavor. But there again, you're getting some vitamin C and other nutrients with this juniper berry. And they're real easy to store. They don't mold. You can take them off the tree, and you can set them out and dry them for, oh, a week or two, maybe a month if you live in a very humid area. And then store them in, I would say, baby food jar size jars. Don't pack them in. Just put them in loosely. And you don't have to put the lid on extra tight. Just kind of leave the lid loose enough that any humidity can get out. And, of course, you want to store them in a dry place as well. And they keep for a long time.
the flavor in it strong enough that I imagine that you could use them up to five or ten years, I would imagine, and they would still give some flavor. Now, the first few months, of course, they're going to be the most flavorful. But I would definitely invest an hour or two or an afternoon in gathering these berries because they're ripe right now. And there's so many things you can do with them. I use them in salads. I use them in teas. I use them as a throat lozenge. I I really do like juniper berries. Another thing you can be storing away right now are pine needles. And I notice a lot of people are trimming their ponderosa pines and the pine trees that have the real long needles. I'm seeing them in a lot of piles as people are trying to trim trees. And I'm thinking, wow, these people don't even know what they're throwing away. If you do have access to this kind of a pine tree, gather as many needles as you can, I would say in a five-gallon bucket, and keep it airtight. You can just store them in there. They'll be just fine. And then use them in tea. And you can chop them up really fine and use them in salads. But the best way to do it is in a tea. And several shows back, I mentioned making a Sprite type of a soft drink with pine needles and lemon and lime and a little bit of sugar and then letting the natural yeast that's already on the pine needle kind of carbonate the drink. And it did taste very good. And other than the sugar that was in there, it's very good for you. But that's another excellent source of vitamin C. Vitamin C happens in nature more than any other vitamin. And so vitamin C is very plentiful in nature. And the reason it's that plentiful is because as we are designed, as we were created, vitamin C is something that our immune system needs to help fight off disease. And we're living in a time of not only natural diseases, but man-made diseases they release upon us. And who knows what the potency of the vitamin C that we're getting at our pharmacy or supermarket, wherever we get our vitamins, who knows how potent they are? They might say one thing on the label, but who knows anymore? I guess I'm getting cynical. I don't want to trust too many things that happen on the corporate level. But I do know rose hips, and I do know that pine needles are very good for vitamin C. So if you want to build up your immune system, I suggest you use pine needle tea. Now, I have read in several places that if you are pregnant, do not use pine needle tea or anything that's pine-based. I don't know why, but I've read that that's not good. So I'm not a doctor, but I do want to say take precautions when you use anything that's natural because even though that it's a natural plant that's unaltered, it still is made up of chemicals. And so if you're expecting a child, stay away from the pine needles and stick with the rose hips. But if you can build your immune system as best you can naturally, I think that's the best way to go. Another thing you can do since it's getting frost time almost everywhere in North America I know the Deep South hasn't had frost yet, but the frost is getting at least to the central part of the United States. It's already been there, and the leaves are starting to drop off. Before the leaves lose their color, 
if they're still green as they come off the tree, they still have some of their power in it as far as the chemical makeup. And if you have any fruit trees, such as apple trees, pear trees, mulberries, grapes, anything like that, if the leaves are not brown or not yellow, I would get as many of those off the ground as, as you can, get a bag of those, and use those in teas as well. And you'll pick up more vitamin C and you'll get vitamin A and a lot of your B vitamins. Apple tree leaves are very good. And also some of the flowering trees like lilacs and things like that, if you can save the leaves. And I mentioned a few shows ago about Russian olives. Russian olive leaves are now ready to harvest. And Russian olive leaves are very nutritious and you can dry them and crush them and make a porridge out of those. And Put a little butter and sugar on it and eat it just like you would oatmeal. And you get a lot of nutrition out of that. And so as we are bombarded with horrible chemicals and we're bombarded by chemtrails and we're bombarded by fake news and people that are more interested in selling books than they are looking out for you and me, there are ways we can look out for ourselves. And God has made it very evident to me anyway, that food and medicine is everywhere. We just have to know what we're looking at. Just like the people that trim the pine needles and take the branches out to the dump. And no doubt some of these people that are trimming the trees and hauling them out to the dump go out and spend their hard-earned money on buying vitamins, which I think is silly. They're throwing away a better vitamin than what they could go to a store and buy. And I have a mulberry tree that has the most beautiful green leaves, and it always drops some green every time it freezes. And we had a killing frost here, oh, a little over a week ago, and all the leaves are almost off this tree. And I can just go out and pick up just basketfuls of leaves that are very nutritious. You can use these leaves in the same way you do the Russian olive leaves. You crush them up and use them as porridge. And I know there are some people that are wondering, yuck, that has to taste bad. No, honestly, it doesn't. It doesn't taste bad at all. It tastes different, but it doesn't taste bad. And I mentioned mallows here a couple weeks ago. I'm going to mention them again. The mallows are very resistant to frost. When they get a killing frost, they, they turn a dark green and they look pretty limp and lifeless. But if you give them a day or two, they normally come back. And there's something you can harvest up until the ground freezes solid. And they have kind of a fuzzy texture. They're not very pleasant to eat raw. So the best way to use them is to chop them up in small pieces and then boil them and, and then eat them like spinach. And there's one thing that people don't really know about mallows is it was brought over from the old world into North America because that was the primary food source during the Black Plague era of the Dark Ages. And any time there was trouble all the way through the Middle Ages, when you had people that were starving, that was their last defense against starvation, were mallows. And so people planted mallows everywhere, and that was their insurance in case they lost all their food. They would at least have their mallows, because you can harvest them really late. And so they're an excellent plant to know how 
to locate it and know how to prepare it and eat it. Because mankind has used mallows to stay alive as a species many times. The dandelion is a similar plant that was planted all over the world as a hedge against starvation. Once you know the origins of some of these plants and what they're really used for and why they're everywhere, then you'll understand that our forefathers and our ancestors really knew what they were doing. And they knew they couldn't just go to a bread line or a soup kitchen. They knew that if they were going to survive, they were going to have to do it themselves. And so they had all this knowledge. And I think that it would be a very good idea, and I stress this quite often, find out what plants in your area that grow naturally. Find out what's there, what's edible. And then find out its chemical composition. Find out if it has any do's and don'ts as far as allergies or medical conditions would keep you from eating it, or whether it's poisonous or not. You want to make sure you don't want to eat anything that's growing wild until you positively identify it. And then when you do start eating it, you don't just go and pig out on it. You try it first and see how it makes you feel. And if it doesn't make you feel good, well, don't eat it. It's simple as that. But I think that you would be well served if you became an expert in locating every edible in your area. And I'm still locating edibles in my area, and I'm tasting and trying different things all the time. And some of the things that I really like that I think are very good for spice, as well as mixing in with salads, I can't find any information of what it is. And I've done a lot of research on several of them and searched thousands of pictures and descriptions and looked under all these native plants in my area. And there's several that not one thing, no pictures, no information of some of the things I forage that I actually use because I really like. I don't know how good it is for me as far as the nutritional value. I know it's not harmful to me because I enjoy it and I feel good after I eat it. But there are several spice plants that I really, really like to use. And so it's not too late to forage. And also, winter seems like it lasts forever, but it really doesn't. And forage season is going to start in March, almost in the entirety of North America, other than the far north regions, of course. That'll be April and May when that happens. But you can use this time wisely to study and to find out exactly what you want to look for and why you want to use it and how to prepare it. Now is the time to start preparing for the future. That's kind of tying it in with the first part of the show. We can sit here and think about Israel and Ukraine and Russia and Hamas and Taiwan and Serbia and, you know, all these problem areas. We can let that eat our lunch. Or we can use our time very productively. And we can train ourselves and teach ourselves all of these things that we need to have to be self-sufficient. And if we take our time and use that same time and energy inwardly into your spiritual life, into your mental health, 
into your knowledge and your ability to forage and your ability to build things and be self-sufficient, then we're on the right track. I could sit here all day and talk about the horrors of war and all the horrible things that are happening, all in the name of politics and greed and money. And if we really knew what was going on behind the scenes, we'd probably vomit because it's just that sick. We live in a very sick world, but we don't have to partake of that. The Bible says, get out from among them. Be apart from the world. And I really think it's time you very seriously took that. It's not as much advice as it is a commandment that we are to be apart from this world and come out of it. And that would mean the financial system, the political system, the whole system, even the false religious system we have. We need to come out of that. The Bible also says, get out of the cities. And if you live in a city and you're trapped, my heart goes out to you. I think that you need to redouble your efforts to get untrapped and try to at least get as far away from the inner cities as possible. But for those who can leave and you're in the cities, I think that it's a great idea to get out now. I really would. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I listen to several different talk show hosts, and I read several sites that are printed material, and I watch several video presentations from people I really do trust. I trust their heart. I trust that they are actively trying to help instead of just trying to sell something. I think they're really there to help. And every one of them feels like I do, or I should say I feel like they do, however you want to put it, that this whole mess that we have going on feels a little bit different, feels a lot more final. I know that the evil that's in the world is more evil than any time that I can remember. And the absolute bloodthirst and the wanting war and craving war. I've never seen anything like this. And they're trying to talk the people of the world into nuclear war isn't that bad. That's just absolutely sad. And that's the world we need to get out of. We need to concentrate on the kingdom of God. We need to concentrate on ourselves and our families. There's an awful lot of people who are the head of household. They're the breadwinner. They're the protector. You would have to say they're the superhero of their family, but yet their mind is in Ukraine or their mind is in Israel. or You know what I'm trying to say. You've got to get your head right and take your job very seriously and put your mind back with your family. You can stay aware of what's going on, but... You really do need to focus on your family, focus on your health, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially. You need to focus on you. And if you focus on you, 
then you're not going to get hurt near so bad, and you're not going to just be another statistic. That's another thing I stress on the show is don't be a statistic. The world needs forward thinkers. The world needs doers. The world needs people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and do what needs to be done. And I hope that my show helps to equip you to do just that, because that's my goal, is to try to help you be as successful as you can. Well, I hope the right ears heard this show today. I do appreciate you tuning in. And again, I'm on in the evenings on WTWW five nights a week. I'm on Mondays and Tuesdays in the evenings on WRMI and on WBCQ. And also, I want to say a special thank you to the podcast listeners. I do upload my podcasts very early in the morning on Monday. Generally, I have to work late, and I don't get started on my Sunday show until Sunday about 9 o'clock at night, and usually takes me six or seven hours to produce the show. And so I generally get the show uploaded about 3 or 4 in the morning. Sometimes it's as late as 6 in the morning, but sometimes I'm really on my game as far as as an engineer. And I can get it out at 2 or 3 in the morning, which is what I prefer doing. But I want to thank you for downloading the podcast. And there are several listeners that download the podcast, and that's what they listen to as they do their daily work. And all I can say to you folks is thanks for listening and get back to work. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. And I hope that you do consider donating to this program to keep it on the air. I take checks, money orders, or cash, and you would write to check out to Thunderbolt West Media, and you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. Well, once again, I thank you for listening. So until next time, everyone, stay strong. Get your priorities straight. Keep preparing. Don't get so lost in the world events that you lose yourself. Keep your powder dry. And never ever forget. Replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.